Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Voltron Legendary Defender, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Haley Neighbors. Hello. Justin Cummings. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Hola. Uh, today we are uh, getting into our last Voltron Legendary Defender Season 6 podcast, talking the finale, Episode 7, Defender of All Universes. Uh, we've been covering Season 6 here on the Overly Animated Podcast. Check out our previous uh, episode recaps at OverlyAnimated.com. Search for Voltron uh, Overly Animated on iTunes. Subscribe there. Subscribe on YouTube if you're listening. Don't miss um, future Voltron coverage. But yes, it's finally time to get into the Voltron season finale. We'll be getting into every episode from Season 6, so spoilers for this entire season. Um, to open the podcast, you heard Crazy Words Mustache by The Shakeups, a power pop music collective whose new album Legendary Defenders is out now. Check out theshakeups.net for more on them, and we'll hear more of that song at the end of the podcast. Um, uh, yep, spoilers for Defender of All Universes, all previous Voltron episodes. Uh, let's get into things. Uh, Haley, what are your reactions to the big season finale? I'm feeling so conflicted and <laughs> I've been trying good. to, it's never good. No, because part of me feels like weirdly pleased at the end of this episode. Like it felt like a nice, like, oh, it's the finale. Like, here we go to a next stage. But then also half of me is like, Lotar can't leave now. Like it, it didn't fulfill my, what, like I felt the story was heading to where we were going to have, um, something really negative happened to the uh the paladins like have it be definitely a definitive loss for them but this was a loss in terms of losing the castle of lions which i'm so happy i predicted so woohoo um but they didn't like they're, they're not like destroyed and have to rebuild themselves with lotor off having won the fight um so it's it's hard because like i don't know why i felt so happy at the end but then i was like no wait i was upset five minutes ago that all this happened so yeah and it was tricky it, i don't really know how i feel about this one very conflicted on very it conflicted okay yeah i mean it was a happy ending so i think that's why it was happy. super happy <laughs> yeah. and but I, it was weird because like i normally i feel like normally watching this i'd be feel like a glimmer of happy and then be like cynical about it but i don't know why but it was so happy at the end i was so happy they were all together and alive and in one piece but then also like I was upset about stuff that happened kind of in the middle of the episode as well. Yeah. So okay, yeah. we'll get into that. Well, all our space children are alive and we're happy and yay. They're, they're all, <laughs> they're all great. So a uh, lot to be, lot to be happy about. What definitely wasn't the uh, act two uh, hero loss yep. that we had talked about. Yeah. No, I was expecting a lot more doom and gloom. Yeah. Uh, that's good, I guess. Um, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll get into it. Uh, Justin, what did you think of this finale? I, think that everything I've predicted over the last two seasons was correct, Dylan, and I enjoy coming on these podcasts to tell you how right I was. Wait, what, what did you uh, predict? Clone Shiro and uh, Dark Voltron? Because we all I predicted, predicted that. Dark Voltron, like two, I was the first person on this podcast okay, to coin yeah. the term Dark Voltron, first off. Second, everything that happened this season while I have been off and, you know, not recording because I was at a Lavender Festival... Um, all of the Lotor being bad stuff, all of it. Like Haley and I were screaming at you, Lotor is evil, and you were like, "Turning evil, bad. <laughs> it's coming." So, yes, okay, you guys were right about so Lotor being evil. Yeah, I felt, I felt like I really liked this episode. I think my least favorite part was 
Shiro getting his hair recolored because I felt like I was in a Disney movie. I love like, it. I it was wanted so to good. sing the I wanted to sing the song from Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good uh, Tangled at the end. Yeah, but, but all in all, I, I liked it because at first I was like, okay, the show has no direction now. We don't have any villains left. Like, what's you know, Zarkon's gone, Lotor's gone, and then I realized they're setting up for Hagar or, or Nerva to be the the big final villain and with that i think as our end game i like where we're at now and i think that we're at a really good spot of going back to earth because we haven't been to earth in a long time so i really like how this episode ended i I understand the conflicted feeling but i really like where we're at nice yeah Uh, nerva is the season three season seven villain is a very exciting prospect for sure mm-hmm. um i have J- justin i have more questions about your takes on shiro's white hair but we'll save those for later um <laughs> alex what'd you think of the season finale well i found shiro's white hair to be very aesthetically pleasing so I- i'm all for that going forward yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh no I-, I found this finale to be a very fun episode to watch i, I think that i I know I'm probably in the minority here, but I think that the fight sequence between the anti-Voltron and regular Voltron in this episode is um, is better than the Keith Shiro fight from two episodes ago. Like, I, I found this one a lot more interesting to watch. And uh, also just seeing Lodor, like, go insane. Like, uh, for his character, it's uh, like, we'll, we'll talk about what that means for him. But, like, it was just fun to watch, watch him go insane, see all the faces they give him. And all the faces they give to all the people, the other members of Voltron who are fighting as well so like that that all the fighting stuff was just a, a very satisfying finale more so than the sprawling space battles that have been finales in the past i, I think if it had ended with them just leaving the quintessence field leaving lodor there like i think the hype would have lasted well, well like i get the whole ending scene of like uh, having to close the rift and uh, and bring it back shiro it kind of felt more like going through the motions like that finale thing as opposed to the fight itself but all in all i think this is a a, a very good finale episode and uh, probably what one of my uh, probably a better episode to me than this the first big finale that we had okay yeah good stuff um i i i love the first half of this episode which is the robot fight <laughs> giant robots fighting um i think that was wonderful it's not it's not better than the the episode five fight but it's still really great um especially when they're in uh the quintessence field when they like shift phases shift settings into the quintessence field it's gorgeous it's incredible it's 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 uh, a great action sequence but then the second half of the episode really loses the steam um the castle alliance sacrificing that i don't think it really worked uh because we don't think we care that much about the castle of lions and it seems like a contrived problem like oh there's a terror in the fabric of space and time we got to close that and then the most frustrating part of the season happens which is uh seance <laughs> alert performs a seance <laughs> to put shiro back inside the clone body from the black lion and I, I didn't mean it last podcast. I didn't mean it. I didn't want it to happen. And it's very stupid. Um, and it, uh, potentially loses a lot of the consequences of the season. It makes you think, what was the purpose of Shiro going missing at all? If he's just back with, um, what's, what's the point? What's the point of any of this? And that's not even the problem. It's more, it's just, it felt stupid. I think kind of, it was like, it was well executed. It was a gorgeous scene. Uh, but I just don't like the concept of that. 
and uh, that that was a letdown. Um, in terms of how Lotor was handled, uh, well, you know, give or take, I think him inside the the Negatron or Dark Voltron was was really well done. But I'm I'm uh, upset there wasn't more to his character. I hope he's still alive and will come back on the show at some point. Although he's definitely not going to be a main force anymore. Um, and then the ending of going to Earth, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, 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 we could do exciting things there, but, uh, I, I, this isn't like when I look back at the season at the end of this 26 episode arc, I'm definitely not going to think of this, uh, this finale as one of the, the high points, which I think is a little bit disappointing. Like I think season finale should be, uh, should be these big high points. And in, in this season, it was more of episodes two, four, five, six, which I feel like are the ones that are going to stand out looking back. Um, but, uh, regardless, we had this, uh, Voltron ver- versus Dark Voltron fight, which I think is the biggest thing to get into because, uh, this is like our action high point of the, the season. I mean, the series at its core is, uh, giant robots fighting things. So, uh, this is, I think every season is, uh, obligated to end on Voltron doing something. And, uh, here it was fighting, uh, Dark Voltron, which is awesome. And, uh, we, we first had the, them fighting in space and then, Alora like pulls out a, a, a flaming sword for some reason and is able to like cut her way into the quintessence field and then they go into the quintessence field and then I just think it's it's so uh, incredible in there. Um, yeah, Alex, you love this fight. What are what are some highlights for you? Um, well, I think the the space uh, section starts off pretty good with like uh, Voltron being shown to be very vulnerable due to Lorder being able to jump in and out. Uh, I like the whole sequence where Voltron decides to try hiding inside that hollow asteroid and like they lure anti uh, or negatron. I don't, I don't. What are we calling it? Uh, anti Voltron. I'm gonna use that. But he like lures them in and then like uh, Voltron pops out from behind and like laser beams him before anti Voltron shoots out from behind. Like the that little sequence was very interesting. And then once we get into the quintessence feel, like them just uh, answering blow for blow, and like you have the the lines following them like they're airplanes, <laughs> just like going around in little circles. Like it was just very visually mesmerizing to just see them exchange blow for blow. And uh, and, and also like watching the actual um, all the paladins, like you can actually feel them getting more and more aggressive. And so like it makes sense when Alora is like, wait, hold hold on, what's going on here? Like it, it makes sense but due to the tone of the battle getting more and more aggressive as it's going on. So uh, I think both both sides of it, when they're in space and Voltron is losing, and then when they move to the quintessence field, it keeps the momentum going throughout that entire fight. So uh, and down to the very end where Lothar is just fighting through the the the, the beam of quintessence and just uh, put like shouting at all <laughs> at full lung capacity like down to the very end it was a very entertaining fight yeah a lot of a lot of good parts to it justin what do you think of this i i love mech stuff i love giant robots fighting other giant robots like it it was very nice it made me very happy yeah, that's, that's it. Any, any, any part? Any did any, was anyone's reaction? Uh, giant robots shouldn't fight like Steven in that one Steven Universe episode. That was that was me during this episode. No, um, I, I was loving it. <laughs> Haley, what did you think? This is the only reason we have giant robots yeah. in this show. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I liked it cause I find normally the big space opera battle sequences. I don't feel very invested in them, but I think this, because it was too, even though they're giant and comprised of a couple of different people, it, it felt more intimate than a lot of the other space fights tend to be. Um, and kind of like from, uh, episode five, 
uh, with Shiro and Keith. It harkened back to that in a way. Um, and again, I think the setting was great. It was gorgeous. And it was, uh, it was really good. I was really impressed. It felt, it didn't feel like two giant space robots fighting to me. Like it, it, you got some heart from it and actually understood the characters rather than just being two big robots beating each other up. Like it felt like there were real stakes, um, in the fight. So yeah, yeah I was pretty happy with it. I, yeah, I, think that, I, I definitely agree with Haley that like in comparison to previous battles, it's Voltron first. They begin as all separate ships and they're fighting like three giant Galran ships and they're all going off in their different directions before they become Voltron at the end of the fight. And there's still all the other massive ships, but like here it's, it's very focused. And so it's much easier to follow the fight and much easier to give focus to the characters during the fight as opposed to just giving focus to the action. When it does, when the show does that, I end up getting bored if they stretch the fight out for too long. But here, because it's only these two, these two robots, they give a chance to let the characters still have some dialogue and stuff to work out during the fight. And that's what makes the fights interesting, adding that extra emotional impact. Similar to the Keith Shiro fight from a couple episodes ago, it's action, but it's also adding the whole emotional stuff within the fight. Yeah, we just we just sure. we, we talked about that during the Keith Shiro fight discussion that uh, the show's a lot more successful with that with its action sequences if it is able to focus in on specific characters like like this. And I do think this is that's a that's a good point on how they're able to, uh, to check in with everyone. And, you know, it's just Lotor on the other side. We 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 check in with him several times and uh, it's it's a lot more personal of a fight. Um, I think this might be the best Voltron as like a in terms of Voltron the robot uh, fight sequence in, in the for show. sure for me for sure far and away like it's just so much like I feel like I really understood Voltron as an entity made up of all these different people kind of like it feels like normally I don't know why but I feel normally like it's more of a tool kind of but this was like this is them working together as a team to fight. Um, someone. And I, I think it was really super effective. It was a good co- combination of a really intimate fight, but also all the big dramatic space drama that we expect from the show as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was great. And just visually when they're inside the quintessence field, there's so many interesting things about that. Oh, it yeah. just looks so gorgeous. Um, it's uh, the, the end of the season really stepped up the game uh, animation wise, I think in, in a few of these, these fight scenes. Um, L- Lotor, uh, so we end up leaving Lotor in, in the quintessence field. Um, anyone want to give initial takes Lotor dead or alive? I've got a live. Haley. Uh, I feel like he's alive. I don't know. I think it might just be because I feel like he made this switch really suddenly kind of. And died really suddenly. So maybe I'm just hoping he'll come back to do something more. Um, and also we know Hagar is capable of bringing people back from the dead, as we saw with Shiro. So maybe she does something. Um, since he uh, denied her as his mom before, maybe she'll like bring him back and then he'll have to like her. Um, what but, a clone Lotor. Yeah, right? A clone Lotor. Um, she's definitely shown she's capable of that. And he's in the quintessence field. So what does it mean when you die in the quintessence field? Like... Do you, die in, you, do you die in real life if you die in the quintessence? <laughs> right? Because they were saying like they felt so alive and had so much yeah, energy. It keeps you at full power. So right? And Shiro was in the quintessence field through the Black Lion, kind of, maybe, sort of. So, mm. Right? Yeah. So I, I think he's... I think we're not going to see him for a while. 
but I don't think he's gone forever. I think he's going to come back in one way or another, you know, just because he died in a weird space. Yeah. Justin, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to write off that and say specifically he, his consciousness will now be in the anti-Voltron. And so when inevitably Hagar ends up piloting that by the end of the show, Mm. she has to deal with Lotor being in there. Except it died also in the quintessence field, right? Well, like like activated or whatever. It yeah, was, it was yeah. still intact physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was and, and and the thing is, if uh, if uh, Onerva manages to make it to the quintessence field, it, it, if she finds both Lodor and the anti Voltron, is there a chance she would take the anti Voltron and leave Lodor there? <laughs> I think yeah. she'd bring him well, back if she, she find- thought she could convince him to like her and join her side. You know. Yeah, I, I think based on that scene in episode five, Onerva still wants uh, her son to like be a part of her life. I think that she would take him despite his uh, calling her an abomination and uh, going super evil. I think she would take him back. Yeah, the two ways to get Lotor back are he either escapes on his own because, you know, he can jump from uh, from reality to Quintessence Field. So, you know, if he just is able to power up again, he could do it. Or Onerva does have access to the Quintessence Field. At least that's been implied by the show this season. So um, she could come get him. I think Voltron, uh, I think uh, Justin's prediction of um, Onerva po- eventually piloting the, the anti-Voltron is, is, is uh, that's it's it's a good good call although i don't know maybe maybe this was all we're gonna see of it this was a big climactic fight um well also another thing like in in earlier seasons what hagar would do was like infuse these giant robot beasts with with power and just let them do their own thing so another thing is like she could power the voltron from afar sort of thing yeah that'd be classic hagar move Mm -hmm. enabling the the beast whatever they called it yeah um, a Robies. Robies, yeah, that hasn't been but, a thing in a while. But now it's a Robo Anti Voltron. <laughs> Ro Anti Robies. I don't know. Yeah, um, she could do that. So a lot of, of interesting possibilities there. I, d- I definitely don't want Lotor to be dead. We'll talk more about. Um, his his character arc this season later in this episode he says uh, now we will see how Alfor's legacy stands against the new Altaian defender. Um, so one, uh, he's comparing himself to all, uh, Alphor in, in, in terms of building a Voltron, which I think makes sense Two, pretty, uh, screwed up that he sees himself as the new Altaian defender when he, uh, massacred thousands of Altaians. That's, uh, that's, and, that- and, and then like that moment where he's like, I'm going to destroy all my enemies, including all the Galar. And then yeah. the generals are just like, wait, what did he say? Yeah. That goes <laughs> like along that, with that his- moment was very like, what the? <laughs> Yeah, it goes along with his motivations there that he talked to, or at least his perspective that he talked about that episode where he says that, um, like he sees himself as an Altaian. He says, and then he says, all realities will fall to the new Altaian empire. So like he views himself as the new Altaian king, despite, you know, his, uh, his horrible actions with the Altaians. Um, I think it makes sense with the perspective they were trying to make him issue with, um, like, uh, he's, he say, I saved the Altaians. They wouldn't be alive if not for me. So. That, that's where we went with him, I guess. We'll I'll get more into that later, I think. But uh, I found those lines particularly notable. And uh, the way we, we defeat Lotor is uh, we just shoot uh, Quintessence at him. Um, to, uh, uh, Allura says she transferred excess power from Voltron. Yeah. Uh, give him all, give sure. him all the power he wants. Very thematic, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, similar to uh, end of season two, where like uh, I think they overpower Hagar with pure contestants as well, and she's not able to handle it. So Mm. I guess it's a similar concept. I don't remember that. 
<laughs> no, this has been a while. Um, yeah, I mean that makes sense. I guess that uh, he would sh- this, this robot would short out <laughs> with too much power in it. Um, but yeah, Elliot, well, it wasn't super well explained, but I do think it thematically works and uh, it was a nice emotional arc with um, Allura being the one to do that. And uh, yep, they leave him in the quintessence field. Then we deal with these uh, multiple uh, rifts in the fabric of space and time. And we have to overload the Teladove to, to, to close these rifts, which involves sacrificing the Castle of Lions. No, not the Castle of Lions. Who's very sad? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> goodbye old friend yeah we had we had this very sad line we had this whole thing with uh the past few episodes with his grandfather we brought that in and he's like uh my grandfather's line yeah pop pop or whatever um yeah uh that they they brought that into the mix so that's why he's upset um Mm -hmm. yeah justin what's your eulogy for the castle of lions (laughs) um Goodbye, old friend. You carried us gracefully like a double-decker space bus. That's it? That's all it did? It transported them? No emotional connection? I mean, I always thought we would get a really great Clance kiss inside of you, and now we won't. <laughs> yeah, that's more That's more of my reaction, yeah. yeah rip to that time they were in a, in a hot tub together or whatever, <laughs> or, or the pool. All the great moments, yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 not completely gone. It's a diamond now. Okay, yeah. a- a- am I the only one who's suspect that that's actually the castle? Okay, no, I think that's the castle. That'd be fun. That'd be fun if it was like uh, secretly Lotor uh, got one last As thing out there. Yeah. Well, see, I think like it might be a remnant of the of the of the hole they closed. So, like, if someone were to crush that diamond, what if that just opened the hole automatically, sort of thing? Ooh, they, they crush the diamond, uh, a hole opens, and Slav pops out. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's I, I was no. thinking more Lo- Lodor pops out and like no, kills Slav. whoever opened it. <laughs> That's my but biggest complaint. Whoever controls all six diamonds can control the entire universe. Pat, no. Yeah. Well, Slav is all about chaos, isn't he? I don't know. No, I, I don't remember. Um, he's, it's been too long. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, these, these are, it was an infinity stone that he picked up. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we have a scene of Allura comforting Lance. Um, well, yep. and also That's we have nice. La- La- during the evacuation montage, we had Lance bringing Kaltenecker. Yes. That's yes. very important to the whole saying goodbye to the castle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we see, uh, several scenes throughout the castle. We have, uh, them evacuating things like Kaltenecker and then Pidge's floaty things from that one episode <laughs> forever ago. Yeah. They disappeared pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, we've rescued Kalsen Kecker. She's in Lance's line, I guess. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we got a, a big send off to the, the Castle of Lions, which um, emotionally probably is not warranted, um, given at least my, my emotional connection to that, which was almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. I'm happy it's gone because it was kind of like a big plot convenience a lot of the time. You know, like they could just fix every problem with the Castle of Lions coming on down. Also, often in these space fights, they would just pop up like, hey, like Koran, hey, guys, I'm here to help. (laughs) Yeah. Like, now they can't rely on that, which is going to be interesting. Well, at least for a couple episodes. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very happy to not have to fix the Teledove again. I'm done with that. Yeah, that was getting old. But we have to fix the Teledove. It's dead. We killed it. Gone. We killed the Teledove. No, we just need to hit it with the translucent refracto beam. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a real term from the show. So that's uh, we'll get some of that root beer. The, te- the Teledove saved us all. Then we apply the 
Flyconian Draco meteor cannons on the inside. Draco and Malfoy. Boom. Yeah. Um, exactly. So no more of that. Uh, but back to the, uh, Allurians hashtag. Um, so we didn't get a big romantic ending with Lance and Allura, but we did get like one moment of Lance being sad at, um, Shiro, the castle of lions. I don't remember what he was sad at. And, uh, well, he, he was sad that he didn't notice, um, Shiro screaming to him in that. Oh one yeah. Episode. That was, that was his oh, fault. Yeah. You should be sad, Lance. You were very stupid. <laughs> but, like he, he broke down in tears, man. That, that was, was sad. Funny. I mean, he yeah. should, at least we showed some acknowledgement that he could have fixed all this earlier. To be he... fair, weird space stuff happens quite frequently in this show. Yeah, it's true. What do, what do you filter out? A lot of it is just like, uh, that ha- that's resolved by the end of the episode. Yeah, Lance thought that was a one episode thing, not a full season arc. So, um, also to be fair, Lance is the only one who even noticed. Nobody else in the Voltron noticed Shiro screaming. Yeah, so. true. Lance true. has a, has a leg Lance up went to Shiro. Yeah. Well, it's just st- the wrong Shiro. Yeah. Well, he is the wrong Shiro. Um, but uh, yeah, Lance upset. And Allure. So, where do we think of Alurance uh, after this uh, Allure and Lance romantic pairing after the season? Glad they didn't go full canon here right after Allura is grieving uh, Lotor betraying them, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been good. But uh, do we like them as a pairing? Haley, where do you stand now? I'm I'm for it. I'll go for it. Like, I'm not passionate one way or another, but I definitely like how Lance is becoming a little bit uh, more tolerable. Like, he kind of bugged me as a character at first, but now he's... Um, becoming nicer and kinder and i really like his reaction to um thinking about how he could have helped shiro that was really pretty touching um yeah and i'm really happy that they're going slow with it as well because it it wouldn't be as good if they just dove right in It, it kind of feels more natural how they're doing it and it isn't just like look they're together now so i i would not be crushed if they weren't together but i'm also like i'll 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 support it if it happens. So yeah, it's okay. not that much bearing on my life. <laughs> <laughs> you basically said I could take it or leave it. Like, yeah, pretty much. Fine. Yeah, I'm okay. fine if it happens. Don't care much if it doesn't. Yeah, and then that's it's probably as good as we're going to get with with ships yeah. on the show. It's honestly. very sweet. It's very sweet. Okay, so. that's good. Um, yeah. Justin, are you Lawrence in I'm season three? I'm steering this ship. <laughs> I am the captain. All aboard the ship. Toot toot! Here we go. Is that sarcastic? Nope, I'm on it. I'm driving. Let's go. Since when are you a big Allurance supporter? I don't know. Around episode three, I think, of the season. Okay, what what draws you to them? Um, Because I think that <laughs> the same thing that draws me to any, like, ooh, I'm prim and proper. Ooh, I'm rebellious. I need to learn to let loose. I need to learn discipline. And they play off each other very nicely and it's adorable okay i feel like i feel like you're a uh, bandwagon allurance supporter right now <laughs> i am okay look to be fair i was on board starting with that whole raid around lance's speech when i knew that lance was genuine that to me was what changed it from just oh lance is like a guy he must find girl attractive to, okay, he legitimately cares about her. Yeah. Episode and two. This that season, was yeah. when I started shipping. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That was a very touching moment from Lance. He's like, I'm just a boy from Cuba. Yeah. That, that whole speech. <laughs> 
Yeah, Alex, Alex, are you on board? Yeah, I, I, I'm mostly going to echo what, what Haley said. I think that Lance has been more mature over the past couple of seasons, actually. And so so because of that, it's more tolerable than it would have been in, in season one where Lance was very flirty. <laughs> now he, he's kind of stopped doing that. And he, he's whenever he ta- talks to Laura, it's usually in a more serious tone. So I appreciate that. And I also think that the show is going at the right rhythm. Could I do without the episodes focused on their relationship like episode three where we're, we're seeing Lance mope around? I would prefer we do without those episodes and we stick to the, just like the one scene every so often of Lance and Allura talking to each other about serious things to note that they have that bond. Like, that's good enough. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine with a, a Lance, a Lance and Allura t- together. And I think that we are going at just about the right rhythm where we're not forcing it just yet. Yeah, at least we're not we're not uh, jumping right in. Uh, it wouldn't have been emotionally appropriate. But um, now now that this is like the thing that the show is doing, I'm hopping off because I was I was kind of supporting this before, but only because it was the tolerable alternative to horrible ships like uh, like Lotor and uh, Allura and Keith and Chiro and Allura. But now that those don't seem realistic, I don't want this either. I will, like, look at is... Mister. I only do non-canon ships. I only here. do clans, so that is the true goal here. But now. Uh, this is this is like the expected uh, straight alert ship and it's still not that great um it's like we're coming from a place of like oh lance is the playboy who likes allura the hot girl in the group oh but he's the reformed playboy and now he actually has an emotional connection to her like no that's a horrible way to, to form a foundation for a relationship i don't accept well, that well really you don't accept yeah, people it? changing i i mean it can you, change you... it's, it's just a bad tropey start to this <laughs> what well, what would you rather happen to Lance? Would you rather Lance stay terrible, continue flirtily pursuing Alora? Would you rather him become reformed and never have any romantic feelings for anyone? Or would you rather him simply die and jump off the ship? Or introduce a new female. Make Lance go with that new Altaian. How about that? Yeah, that would be much better. <laughs> Lance and Roel. Or option uh, F, uh, Lance uh, realizes that the deepest emotional bond in the show he's had is to Keith and uh, that he's attracted oh, yeah. to Lance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's the reality. Oh, yeah, all back. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, well, look, Lawrence is, is, at least it's not as bad as some of these other ones we're about to do, but boy. Um, like, no, uh, the real question, Dylan, is of the new alien females on the show, which one do you sw- uh, ship Alora with? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, Roel, obviously. Is it uh, Roel or is it? Uh, see, Crolia is Krolia? more mature. I think so, like, is older. Yeah, she's um, older, but maybe that's what uh, Alora wants in a relationship. Oh, okay, so, was able to be mature. Thousands you know? of years old. Oh yeah, Alora is right. Yeah. <laughs> Alora doesn't see age. <laughs> no, but she's not she thousands of years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This. Well, this. And, this, and also, this... and also, a bonus that she's gotten over her Galran discrimination. So, like, now she can see Crolia as like a true person. You know. Oh, yeah, so that's, also, that's, she's, she's coming just the right time in her development. Like, yeah. It, it has. It, ha- it has all the things that the Keith and Allura shippers wants, like with that aspect, except not that terrible ship this this better one instead so that's okay i'm on board with that anyway that was like a thing discussion we should have had 30 minutes from now because we haven't gotten into shiro coming back to life so let's talk about this <laughs> oh yeah that oh um, yeah yeah so um uh, alura goes over to the black lion like puts her hands on it glows up turns a different color goes, goes over to the, the shiro state. <laughs> i don't know goes into the shiro clone <laughs> puts her hands on the shiro clone 
transfers some diddly do magic, and then there, Shiro's in, in the Shiro clan. We have Shiro back, except he doesn't have an arm. Allura was a sponge. She, yep. she, she squeezed the essence out of the lion, and then she like ringed so herself over Shiro's face. I don't like that mental image. <laughs> yeah. Um, Haley, what was your reaction to this happening? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm conflicted, because I... <sighs> Here's the thing, that moment and the whole scene, I really liked. I think it was really well done and very nice. And, and I'm also really happy Shira's hair is all one color because the little white tuft at the top always drove me nuts. <laughs> so like, I'm happy it's all the same color now. I always wanted to like just chop it off, but no. So, wow. <laughs> good. I'm happy about that. Um, definitely on board for the all white hairdo. Uh, he's very on trend. But besides that, I think it was a good scene. The only thing that bugs me is, like you were saying earlier, Dylan, is, like, if this is the end of all that Shiro drama and, like, us theorizing, like, oh, he's a clone and all this stuff for however many seasons and episodes, it's pretty unsatisfying. Like, I don't get why they would have shown us how there were, like, 50 different Shiro clones that Hagrid had made if this is it. Like, I feel like there's going to be more or maybe more Shiro clones are going to come or he's going to have trouble or something. I don't know. I, I hope this isn't it. Cause he's, he's kind of a strange combination of things. Like he's the clone, but he's also himself. So how will that play out? I really hope they don't just um, like make it like, Oh, he's all good now. He just has white hair. Cause that would be pretty unsatisfying. But if they actually do something more with it, then I think they'll be good. But then I thought the scene was nice as well. So, yeah, I think it nice. depends on what comes after for me. Yeah, pre- presumably there will be some repercussions to Shiro There'll randomly be inserting into a clone body. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least maybe I'll have like headaches occasionally. You know, <laughs> something. Maybe he'll have a connection with Hagar, but he can direct it. Like maybe he can spy on her or something. Ooh, yeah, that could be interesting. I like that. Yeah, because he's in mm. Hagar's created clone body, so there's could be mm. something up. Maybe there's like a yeah, connection, he- but he has he has consciousness and like. Um, some un, or like control over that, so maybe he could do something with that. Especially him, if she becomes the main villain now. Him and Onerva now have a uh, a Ray and Kylo Ren type force connection. I um, would be so there for that. That'd be yeah. awesome. And that's the new ship is Shiro and uh, and Onerva. I think young Onerva, sure. <laughs> maybe not old. What? Oh, come on, she's 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 great. She's <laughs> yeah, she's. She's looking pretty rough. <laughs> oh, what are you? What are you? Oh, oh, in that now scene? we're basing on looks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you're Lotor in that scene. You're like, you know, it's almost over, Onerva. Yeah. You're um, an abomination. Yeah. Does Onerva no, see Shiro no. as eye candy? Maybe. Maybe. I do. She did make a lot okay. of Okay. Speak, speaking of, Justin. <laughs> um, so, in honor of Father's Day, Justin, uh, you, you <laughs> several podcasts ago, famously said that uh, Keith's dad was a hot dad and you were oh, feeling yes. him. So, well, Shiro I, has I, a new white hairdo, may, potentially making him look more mature, maybe a silver fox, if you will. So, what, what, are, your, what are your takes on Shiro's new look? My thoughts are someone binge-watched all of Young Justice thought that the Roy Harper thing was really edgy and nifty, copped all of it and cobbled it together very, very quickly. Like, ooh, clone, ooh, angst, ooh, missing arm, and just threw it all together and out popped Shiro. And I think the whole thing was very rushed, and so we need to get something next season of, like, Shiro trying to reintegrate into the group, but 
I, I think the whole thing didn't work for me that well. I didn't like the payoff. Okay, that that's good analysis and all. But I was asking about your any attraction levels to new white no. Is no. He a hot no, 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 no. I'm still here for hashtag hot dad. Like, no, 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 no. But, I'm more on Shiro at the moment. Is Shiro say. more well, or less I'm attractive now that then. he has white hair? Shiro to um, me is more attractive with white hair than hot dad. He's more attractive now with white hair, but... You can dress up a turd all you want. It's still a turd. And I wow. oh, my shiny fired. pile of man mountain that is Keith's Ooh. dad. Oh, my Rude. goodness. Shiro fans are going to be attacking now. Can't just. Uh, he's, he's a very handsome man, Justin. Yeah. Shiro can go jump back in space. Wow. No. What's with Shiro hate? Like he was more attractive soul. when he was inside the Black Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you just wanted him to stay there. Yeah. Uh, when, yes. when, stay uh, there. Uh, unsatisfied with the conclusions of this arc, Justin is, and that's coloring his view of Shiro's hair like Shiro's hair was decolored. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alex, what's uh, what was your reaction to the seance? Uh, I found the... <laughs> I love that it's a seance. Yeah, I can't get over that description, but um, I, I think it went... When it was juxtaposed with the awesome fight sequence, it kind of felt like a letdown that the rest of that, like, it was like, okay, well, we're just kind of wrapping up here, the TikTok. But, uh, like, as, so, like, the actual sequence didn't hit me as hard as I think it was trying to. But, like, I'm, I'm okay with Shiro coming back. Like, at the end, he, he's, a, he's a good enough character. So, like, I'm, I'm fine keeping him around. Now, I do want the white hair to not just be an aesthetic thing. Like, I would like, his resurrected self to be actually older in the process or like f- physically affected by it. Like it, he's no longer able to participate in physical combat or, or something along those lines. Maybe he's no longer able to pilot a lion. He he is now forced to just be an advisor from the ship as opposed to like jumping in and out whenever Keith feels like going away. So like I, I would like some effect to, co- to come out of Shiro being resurrected and that's going to color greatly my um, my reaction to this particular moment of him coming back. So like right now I'm working on the assumption that they will do something with Shiro in the next season, like explaining how he's going to come back to this whole dynamic. So for, for now I'm fine, but like if it ends up being that he's just exactly the same Shiro as he was in season two, but just with white hair, then I'll, I'll downgrade this very, very strictly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's mandatory that there are some consequences here next season, and that it affects him at, at all. You you'd think that they would go the route, like you said, that he can't uh, pilot a line anymore because uh, that would just disrupt the new line dynamics we have now with Keith back in the black line, Allura piloting a line. Um, like Shiro's the odd man out here, so I think that probably he has to go back to the sidelines. Slightly related, can we say how good chemistry Keith had with with this Voltron, even though he's been gone for like two seasons? <laughs> he's a natural. He's a prodigy. Prodigy black line pilot. Yeah. Um, he jumped right back in. <laughs> it was very good. So yeah, Keith, Keith is, Keith is hashtag my black lion, my black paladin. Yeah. So, um, not, uh, <laughs> not Shiro. Wow. So much Shiro hate here. I didn't mean it like that, but, uh, yeah. Well, my, my... Well, look, like Shiro was president and you leave office. You're not allowed to just come back in later. Yeah, once we have, ter- we have term, term limits here. Yeah. 
Um, so Shiro has. Uh, that's why we enacted uh, Paladin term limits, so Shiro can't jump back right. in. He, he can go to the Paladin Supreme Court, just like Judge fights between Keith and Lance. Like, okay, Lance is win- winner here. Like that, that, that's that's his role on the show now. Just just be like a a fight, a, a fight decider, a therapist for the Paladins. Uh, yeah, that's what the Supreme Court is—is is, uh, judging Keith and Lance. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, let's think of a better analogy for that. But um, yeah, I was not a fan of the the Shiro resurrection, as as should be obvious, considering I've been very worried about that all of the podcasts this season. Um, it just it just feels unsatisfying. It's going to a lot depend on how what they do next season. It just it just makes you think like, what was the point of killing him off at the end of season two, and then doing this whole mystery thing, and then bringing him back? Um, I just, I just don't know what the, the point really is. There's, there's never, there's never big consequences in Voltron. No one ever dies. Nothing like we shifted up the lions, but like, what's, what's the worst thing that's ever happened here? Honestly, uh, like Zarkon died, Lotor's trapped. Uh, those are the bad guys. Um, you know, well, what's, what's the stakes? I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel the, the consequences here. So, um, I, I, that's something I'm looking for from that. Well, I, I think this is partially affected by the fact, by the decision long ago where, where Shiro supposedly died. And we were like, okay, well, let's give a full season without Shiro, right? Like that, that'll actually be interesting to watch. But they decided to bring clone Shiro in very quickly. <laughs> like uh, they only gave us a couple of episodes without him. Uh, I think if, if we had left some time between Shiro disappearing and clone Shiro coming back, then actual Shiro coming back might have had a little bit more effect, but really we've been with Shiro, whether he be real or clone, for almost the entirety of the show, so that that's kind of a an issue there. Right, clone Shiro was enough like real Shiro that this doesn't feel like a major change. Um, and it, and it should be noted that I believe um, Joaquin and Lauren have talked about how like uh, they needed to bring Shiro back sooner because of toy sales than they anticipated. Like that was like mandated. I think, I think, I think that's been publicly talked about. So, um, you know, there's a lot of factors going in here and, uh, it's, but regardless, we've Shiro back. Yay. We do like Shiro. <laughs> hopefully he's white hair. Hopefully he does interesting things. Um, uh, in- th- will his hair actually do interesting things? Like, will we use him as a portal through his hair or something? Yes, he's <laughs> Lars now. Exactly. Um, from Steven Universe. Um, I'm going to be referencing a, uh, EW.com interview with, uh, Lauren and Joaquin, our co-creators, um, for a few points now throughout. And, uh, Lauren said about Shiro, we knew we wanted to keep our, uh, tired and true, stable and dependable Shiro out of the story for a decent amount of time to allow the, a lot of the other characters to grow. Um, so maybe that's the point of Shiro being gone is that it allowed Lance to have this character growth arc. It allowed uh, Keith to take a leadership role. It allowed Allura to be a a paladin. And I think all that's true. Yeah, I buy that. I I still think that his story is maybe getting kind of shuffled along. Like it's not getting the, the middle and ending that it probably deserved. But I think if that was the goal, they definitely achieved it. In my opinion, because I feel like those characters like Keith Hiller and Lance are much stronger now than they were before Shiro disappeared. For sure. Yeah, I think I think my take here would be that they could have done this independent of of Shiro being gone. Um, Probably. But I do think it's a convenient in terms of like an opening within the lions. I think that helps Lara get there. But, um, you know, at least, at least it is it is true that these these characters improved a lot within the confines of the Shiro plot. So I don't know, maybe it was worth it in that regard. Yeah, because we did get good episodes. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say like, last season you did get a couple of moments of like Lance get starting to get angry at Shiro because of these weird decisions he was making. 
But so like you could say that those are like efforts to make Lance's character stronger using this uh, not right Shiro. But like I still think that you could do a similar thing just with normal Shiro making a decision that the crew doesn't understand and like he has his reason. Like you can still do it without having clone Shiro around. I think it's possible, yeah. But, um, you know, at the very least, we did improve a lot of characters here. I think ultimately the Shiro arc is going to be, like, uh, the the biggest notable things are going to be this mystery, which was fun to experience. Like, what's going on with Shiro? That was, like, the biggest talking point about Voltron for a year. And I think that was fun. I think they did the mystery very well. Um, I think it satisfyingly paid off with the clone, even though it's what we expected. Like, it felt satisfying. And then I think the other thing is the resolution in episode five of the season, the incredible fight between Clone Shiro and Keith and that fa- the clone facility, seeing all the clones and stuff like that. Um, I thought that was also excellent. So um, I do think it is kind of worth it for uh, the experience of, like, the what happens to Shiro and then the payoff, even if we are going to resurrect Shiro, which feels cheap. But um, it's that's it, it's almost less important than, I think, the episode five and the mystery. I think it, I think that who cares? Whatever. Shiro's back. Fine. So that's good. Who cares? That's the best I can do with this. But um, yeah. and then at the end of the episode, we have um, uh, we have to go back. We're going homes uh, because I guess Pidge's dad has the plans to build the Castle of Lions. I didn't even realize mm. that. <laughs> yeah, I that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, cool. I guess they, they gave uh, they gave them the plans needed to build a weapon for the galaxy garrison to protect themselves is how I rem- oh, vaguely yes, remember it going. Did. Yeah, yeah. That that it was only one line, and that logic feels stupid to me. But the point is, we're going to Earth next season. So, yay, we're going home. That's the end of the season. And um, in this uh, EW interview, uh, Joaquim says, "I think just hearing the words we're going home' that automatically says that things are going to be a bit more personal. So, uh, meeting families. What do we think? Uh, that type of thing. Earth gets Land- blown up. Earth gets blown up. Why? Why Agar is that? Where- blows up Earth. That would be more personal, What's I more guess. More personal than seeing all of our home planet destroyed. We watch an alien planet blow up. <sighs> Who cares, man? But Earth, no one messes with Earth. Yeah. Um, On the other hand, every single space show ends up destroying Earth. Final space, yeah. Um, this is. Uh, what do I care about Earth and the Voltron world? We haven't seen that since the beginning of the show. That's why we're going back, though. Now we can actually care about it a little bit. We also got that line, I think it was last season, I think, when they were talking about how they were all so sad because they were missing their families. That was a while ago. But No, actually, uh, Lance Lance in particular, they've been highlighting that frequently. Last season, Mm -hmm. he mentioned something like, my brother and my sister and all that, and he broke down in tears. And then this Mm -hmm. season, he had that line about, like, I'm just a boy from Cuba. So it seems like, especially with Lance, we're focusing a little bit more on his past. So I definitely expect a Lance backstory episode at some point next season if we're going back to Earth. That's yeah. going to be an interesting meet the parents. Like, here's my girlfriend. She's a thousands of year old alien princess. Yeah. Also, my boy, here's, here's my boyfriend, Keith. He's half alien. But you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the, either one. Either one, I think, works. But yeah, um, yeah that definitely going to have Lance family episode. That's going to be fun. And, um, you know, we, we've. We have Pidge's family going already. We'll interact with them on Earth, although I think Matt's still in space, probably, even though we haven't seen him. Uh, maybe Matt can come back, too. And uh, then uh, Hunk. We don't know anything about Hunk. so We need to meet Hunk's family. Like that Do we, though? Yes, because we need anything out of Hunk. <laughs> But what if they just do food jokes the entire time? They for sure will do food jokes the entire time. I want Hunk's parents to be like running a DVD fitness empire. 
Why? <laughs> because it's the exact opposite of what you expect. We all expect very large, rotund people. Son, you've slimmed down. Like they own a bakery. I want. I want the opposite of that. Like exact opposite, and that's why Hunk left. Body acceptance. Boom. Why can't they just be accountants or something? Like, just give them a normal job. <laughs> are there accountants in Voltron era Earth? What are our jobs that we have in this? Are the countries still the same? Is well, the Cuba, Garrett, is the... Cuba exists. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he's from Cuba. Does that mean Cuban heritage or literally from Cuba? Um, I'm a boy from Cuba. Yeah, I guess so. Is the, what I is the a it... boy, boy being the noun. From Cuba. Wow, thank you, Cuba thank you, Justin. What, what's so? What's up with the garrison? Is that like, uh, is that like a, a international space a pro, space program? Are they like the rulers of the world? Or are they just an academy? Like, what's up there? The yeah, I think it's like an army sort of thing. And like, yeah, that, are they, that, they, that, are they that the UN's army? Was like, a, it was a boot camp. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into that. Garrison politics coming up next season on Voltron. Yay! Space politics. No. Uh, we'd had enough uh, Galrin politics, so now we get to have Earth politics. Um, Yay, also in Earth the... politics! Earth <laughs> no, meets not... aliens, finally! <laughs> no, no, this, is, this all sounds bad. Also in this interview, Lauren says, uh, I just want to say the journey home itself is going to be a bit of a challenge because at the end of Season 6, they're out on a castle ship, which they're uh, out of the castle ship, which means they're out of wormholes, so it's not going to be a snap your fingers and we're home sort of situation. Uh, so that means we are going to spend several episodes journeying to Earth. No, no, the diamond has a small teledove in it. <laughs> it's all a misdirect, yeah. It's the, the diamond. Well, they, they at least have to go pick up maps. Like, that, that's one episode in itself. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Back they, to the mall, maybe? Oh. Never know. <laughs> they might do them. They might do a mall sequel, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to journey to Earth. That's going to be fun. Okay, um, so that, that's what we have to look forward to. I'm going to talk about Lotor because we have some interesting quotes in that interview. Um, particularly this quote from Joaquim and Lauren. Um, Joaquim says, oh, we kept saying in the room because we all come from Avatar, uh, we're going to get him right to Zuko and then we're going to pull it all away. Lauren, and then Lauren says, and then he's going to go straight Azula. So they talked about how they're going to like tease the redemption arc and then not go through with it, basically. That is exactly what happened. Yep. That is very classic smarmy villain. <laughs> uh and then, uh, so, so what I think the question with, with Lotor is like, was this too quick of a turn for him? Because it happens within the span of this seven episode season. And really it happens what within the span of episode four? Like, that's it. Like, uh, one episode. And then we get, we ultimately get three or four episodes of him being evil, whereas we had like 20 plus episodes of good, good Lotor. Well, that's not entirely fair because at the beginning of season three, Lotor was very much the anti-hero. He was against Voltron, but he was kind of against everyone. And I think that we only truly had, quote-unquote, good Lotor for a small handful of episodes. I think, uh, and again, I blame Netflix for the way this was broken up into four separate chunks. It's hard to look back at the beginning of Season 3 and look at all of this as Lotor's big plan, but I think he knew this is kind of where we were ending up from the very beginning. Yeah. And so I mean, I, I mean, yeah. The hints were there. I think we were personally too quick to accept good Lotor because of the season break between four and five, where we come back to five and we're like, oh yeah, Lotor's good now. Whereas had it been a week difference, we would have still been like, I don't know about all this. 
Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, I also just think the show wanted you to buy into uh, the redemption. That's what they're talking about here. And it's like um, they, they, they spent a good portion of the season. Um, and if you, you look at this as season two being episodes 27 to 52, um, it, it works a lot. Like you see the, the Lotor arc, like that's when he's introduced. Um, and then it ends with him, you know, uh, tur- turning. So I think it, it works pretty, it, it's a clear arc that he's been on. And, um, I, I still think it's a valid question. Even if you're right, he wasn't presented immediately sympathetically. It took some time to get there. Like did, at least did it feel fast watching it? Like did, did this, did this feel like too quick of a turn? It's like, oh, he's gone off the deep end. That's okay. I guess we're doing that. Anyone have that reaction? Uh, kind of. I feel like it in the moment, it felt kind of fast, but I also can't think of how they would do it differently because if they just started to make him evil again, it might feel drawn out if they kept it going for episode upon episode. Um, and it would feel more like, oh, we're just back to where he was at the beginning. But this really, uh, it, it played really well on his whole like need for power and quintessence and building this like anti Voltron and everything. Um, and showing how he really just like loses it because he's so obsessed. Um, yeah. So I, I think it, it felt fast because I, I like Lotor as a character and it sucks that he's like, he was so conniving and interesting. And then he just went like, like lost it at the end. But it also kind of makes sense with his storyline, you know, and I think and I and they they also cut it off. They didn't drag it out for a really long period of time, which I think if they did that, it would have been less impactful than just having him snap and then having this happen. Yeah, Um, I I, I was just going to say, like, the one thing I think it felt feels a little fast in, in all good things, I think, is where he finally loses his cool. But they're still in space. Later on, we, we explained that like being in the quintessence field is kind of what amps up the going insane part. So I think if that dialogue of like the whole like uh, I'm going to be the new Altean defender and destroy all the Galra and stuff like that. If that happens inside the quintessence field, it's more explainable. But because mm-hmm. up to that point, he'd only been in the quintessence field about once with with, uh, with Allura to collect those samples, it doesn't feel right that he goes insane there as opposed to once they finally go into the field. I, I think that's the only thing that makes it feel a little fast, the fa- the, that all, all good things episode there. I can yeah. see that. I, I have two big problems with uh, what happened with Lotor this season. One of them is what is basically what Alex is saying. Um, I don't... I, I buy that... Lotor had hidden um, mischievous motivations that he was secretly a bad person all along, like the flashback in episode four. I thought that was well done. I, I think that I, I think that makes a lot of sense with what we've seen from his character. I buy that there was uh, bad things going on behind the scenes. The problem with him becoming this villain so quickly is in his demeanor, um, like he that he that he comes across so like crazy, maniacal evil. Um, so quickly for appear uh, for seemingly no reason, even if he was in the quintessence field. I still think it would have been the same thing because uh, I don't I don't care that he's been infected with quintessence. Like, I get that that's a theme in this show. I get that it's a, a parallel to his father. Um, it's just unsatisfying given that we saw calculated, um, like, uh, logical uh, Lotor for so long. And uh, just seeing him go crazy so fast, I think, was jarring and potentially not well done, although I'm not sure. They need some time to, to think about it. Yeah, I guess you'd, you'd think, like, Lodar being this very calculating villain, like, he would have learned a little bit from Zarkon's mistake. Like, he would uh, go back and look, 
Well, Zarkon went insane when he got infected by the Quintessence, so how do I avoid doing that when I go in? But as far as I can tell, we never really touch on Lodor considering that notion, like, because of his obsession, and, like, if you want to leave it at that, fine, but it doesn't come off as well, because you're you're trying to position Lodor as, like, a more calculating villain than Zarkon, but in the end, that uh, he it doesn't follow all the way through to his his work. Like it just ends up being the same thing as Archon. Yeah, which which has thematic resonance. Um, you know, like it's uh, power corrupting, uh, greed in terms of the quintessence corrupting, and also like he's uh, prone to the sins of his father. It's it's uh, I, I get all that. It still doesn't. It still just doesn't feel satisfying given how incredible characterization we saw from from this character. Here's the second thing that. Uh, I don't think was uh, is that well done is uh, here's a quote from Joaquim in, in the W interview. I think the angle, though, is that there's a genuine element of truth to everything he says. He wants things to work out. He's not just a power hungry, crazy dude who wants to destroy the universe. He snaps. Obviously, his methods were skewed, but his intentions were true. And, I, th- and uh, I think for the most part that they executed that very well. I think several podcasts this season, I've, I, we've been saying, like, we buy it. I buy that. We buy that he was actually like Delora. We buy that he thinks of himself as a, an Altaian savior. He did say that he saved the Altaians when they were going to be destroyed before. That's kind of true. Um, so, like, they did a good job with all of his dialogue um, being technically true. I think the problem is that uh that he's a mass murderer like i think i think that's that's the issue i had like he it's hard to sympathize with him at all after we reveal that he's basically committing genocide uh, in the in the flashback like i don't think that the the perception we're supposed to have of lotar which is that we're supposed to just still see him as somewhat sympathetic still understand where he's coming from like that's lost when he we when we hear that he's killed thousands of people that's all gone i i i i'm i'm upset that this character that i really liked and i like sympathizing with even though yeah he's kind of evil and immoral it's fun it's fun to root for him it's fun to 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 try to understand where his character's coming from no he's just he's this horrible mass murderer um i I think there's a huge disconnect there i think we shouldn't have gone that far with with his actions Mm -hmm. well isn't that covered in the part of the quote that his methods were skewed like we we, there's a difference between intentions and actions and like you can agree with one side of it and disagree with how the intentions are manifested. So, like, right, I, uh, and I think, and I think, if it was like he committed committed ethics violations, you know, like that would that would be one thing. That would be skewed. But his methods weren't skewed; they were murderous. Um, I think, I think that that's not necessarily what they were intending with this quote. I feel like my reaction to that is not in line with this. I mean, I I just see it as like a villain thing. Like, uh, yeah, he. he if if you want to try justifying it and like ignore the genocide, which is a terrible thing to do, but like somebody is able to do that. But at the same time, like at the end of the day, he's a villain. He did bad things and he, he was introduced that way and he leaves the show that way. So like uh, at the end, it's like uh, he, he's a villain. So that that's just how villains work. They, they do things the wrong way and that's why they're bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish Lothar wasn't just a villain at the end of the day. I wish he was uh, truly like an amoral character that just, um, whether he was just corrupted at the end or he just uh, ultimately just was too far on the, the bad side, but still ultimately in the middle. But I don't think that's that's where we ended up with him. Um, I don't know. Uh, Justin, any, any closing takes on Lothar? Well, I mean, obviously he's a villain, but I think... I, for one, am actually really glad of how they did the Lotor arc. I mentioned in the last podcast I was on about the original version of the show and how it was this crazy, obsessive stalker who at first was like angry he was Altaian and then became obsessed with it. 
and like track down Alora, tried to force her into marriage, and they kept the essence of his character of being obsessed with Altea. And they morphed it into something, I think, darker, but I also think more sophisticated because, yes, he murdered, but it wasn't like, I'm murdering you because either A, I enjoy it, or or B, I don't like you. It was, I'm murdering you for, like, scientific experimentation, which is more, I'm not going to say it's good, but I'm saying it's a more complex story than I don't like you. I kill you world domination, which is what the original show was like. So I think they made a more sophisticated take on it. But I think ultimately this world tour ended up just as insane as the original. And I think maybe that's the point is, yes, he was more suave. Yes, he was more cunning, but ultimately he was still a terrible person. Yeah, it's possible they were going for a lot of uh, comparisons to the original series. And um, I think you're definitely right that the intentions provided were uh, really well done. And uh, it's clear that he was coming from a place that he thought was was justified or good. Um, yeah. I mean, and I think that for the most part, that's going to hold up. I don't know if I'm going to remember the angle that I'm saying it from. I think for the most part, it's we're going to remember the dialogue. Remember thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. So I think I think I still think Lotor ends up being a great character. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to expect the season three villain, whoever they are, probably Onerva to like top uh, what we got from Lothar this season. That was definitely a high from the show. Uh, also, it should be noted that like Lothar, we, we were impressed with him in comparison to Zarkon, who is exactly what Justin is describing. Because I want to dominate the universe and all that. So because he was juxtaposed with that, Lothar comes off looking as an excellent villain in comparison. Yeah, true. Maybe uh, maybe Onerva will still shine, even though she's getting compared to Lotor or whoever we're getting. Speaking of that, um, Lauren also says, we're done with our Zarkon. Uh, we've done our Zarkon arc, we've done our Lotor arc, and now we're going to have a new thing to face. It's going to have a new energy in the same way Lotor had a different energy from Zarkon, um, which I want to highlight this quote because I think it shows that Lotor is not the villain of next season, which potentially obvious, but he still could be alive. Um, it's just, uh, you know, just eliminate the possibility that he is our main villainous force. And I think Anerva clearly the favorite to be our next villain, but we will see. Sendak? <laughs> anyone? Please not Sendak. Sendak, yeah. Um, yes, mouse, Slav. mouse guy. Slav? Oh, please. Yes, please. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, let's let's close by uh, very, very briefly looking at the season as a whole. I think season six was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's obviously not a real season, but... Uh, it's the best chunk of episodes we've gotten probably. And if you take it as, if you just look at this as episodes 27 to 52, again, I know it's how, it's how I think I believe that's how that's written as a season. I think that's just a really great season of television. Like that is seasons three, four, five, and six all together. There's a ton of great episodes from them. Yeah. Yeah. Really, th- really, really good. Yeah. I, I, I like, I still don't think this is like, um, you know, there's still complaints like we wish this show was like more fun or we att- were attached to the characters more and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, all things considered, I think it's been very excellent recently. And, and I think that these last couple of episodes have been more fun. Like, I, I think like the Monsters and Mana episode does a better job at filler episodes than previous seasons. I think uh, Razor's Edge does some very visually interesting things. Uh, Black Paladins and this finale have great fight sequences. So, like, uh, all in all, I, I think that these past co- this batch ha- has been more fun compared to previous Ultron seasons, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, seeing the giant monsters fighting in this in this finale was fun, and uh, yeah, I think the monsters in Maine in particular was uh, more well done. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's still not a show where I particularly care about any of the main characters, which is a problem. But uh, it's it's uh, I, I, it's been a lot better. I have a very hot take here. I don't know if you're prepared for this, Alex. Um, mm-hmm. Voltron Legendary Defender uh, is the best animated show of 2018 so far. Uh, okay just to catch me up did season five also air this year season five and six have aired 13 episodes and i believe that uh these uh season five was excellent i really loved blood duel postmortem and kralzera and we had uh, black paladins which is one of the best animated episodes of the year so far um defenders of all universes all good things you know razor's edges these are all great episodes i think that um Steven Universe is also up there. Um, yes, you know. yeah, I was going to counter with Steven Universe, but I think the difference is uh, if you want to contend that Voltron has been more of a consistently yes. quality show, then yes, I agree. I think Steven Universe has had higher highs this year so far, but it's also had some down episodes. So like, if you want to argue on consistency, I, I can sort of see getting on that train. Obviously, we're just halfway through the year. But yeah, like Voltron has been very consistent with season five and six because I don't think there's a bad episode in that batch. Yeah, exactly. Steven Universe has had, you know, two or three great episodes. I think Voltron has had a lot of them. And uh, I think that's like those are the two that I that jump out at you. I mean, Star had a little bit underwhelming of a year so far. You know, like uh, basically every other show we cover. Yeah, Final, Final Space. Final Space, like Space Mysticons. They're all in this tier below, right? I think this uh, Voltron Steven Universe tier um, so far. I'd counter that that's a very, the view you're taking is very much as far as the more serialized shows, whereas I think, personally, I think Craig of the Creek may be on that same level, but it's just a very different piece of animation. Yeah, it's it's, like, uh, it's hard to compare. I, I think yeah, Craig it, of the Creek is excellent. I think Craig has at least two, three, four, which are on this level that we're talking about. Um, I don't think it's as many as, like, Voltron's had, but it is hard to compare. But also to argue that, like, because that's the thing, is the shows that we don't cover, like, I'll be completely honest, Teen Titans Go, I think, had one of my favorite episodes of animation of the year. No. You need to to cover that that for our site, Justin. We never cover Teen Titans Go. I know how bad that is to say. I'm considering making a top 10 Teen Titans Go up to the list because... Like, I'm sure there's a good episode out there. Because (laughs) they know that everyone hates them. So this season, like, in the last couple of years, they can do whatever they want. And they have made some of the best biting satire of animation as a whole, of superheroes as a whole. Like, Gumball obviously does meta better than anyone. And... It's so difficult, I think, to compare these more dramatic serialized shows like Star, Steven, and Voltron. Even DuckTales is getting up there compared to something that's purely 11 minutes of humor slash satire. Yeah, obviously, yeah, very difficult to compare. I'd love for you to write about Teen Titans Go for us. We don't have that perspective on the site. Um, but. Yes, please, please. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to compare, but if we're going to try, I feel like that's, that's, I honestly would say Voltron out of the shows we Yeah, it, yeah, yeah I'm limiting so to that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of the and and like I think it's like we have an end of the year best animated show of the year. I think Voltron is the favorite right now in the cl- in the clubhouse at least. Like it's a leader in the clubhouse of the shows. Clearly, we're going to get some great stuff from Steven. Bojack is going to be a favorite whenever it airs to surpass these. But like last year, Voltron got nominated for end of the year, but it wasn't a serious contender to win. I think the show is better now, and I think that like it, you know this it's it's uh, it's been great this year. Like I I'm, I'm very high on it right now. Although I also wonder, like, with months of separation, are we going to think of this show as a whole as good or as certain episodes as great? Yeah, I mean, it's also hard because we got, like, the second half of season two or whatever this in 2018, and then we'll get the first half of season three. So how's that all going to play together? And, like, yeah, how many episodes is Netflix going to air um, remaining this year? We're expecting 13 more episodes in 2018 of the remaining 26, but we'll see. They could They could hold off more. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, just, just saying I've been at times very down on Voltron in the past and, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot better. So hoping, hoping for good things from season three, any closing thoughts on season two, Haley? Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy with it. I feel like it's really hit its stride in terms of like, uh, kind of character arcs and representations and, um, in terms of the storyline that they're aiming for as well, because we're getting away from the first couple seasons where it was pretty, pretty basic storylines and just like, oh, let's fight and battle. Like we're getting really deep and dark storylines, which I'm loving. Um, and I feel like the characters are very interesting and they're starting to become more like flushed out and real to me as a viewer, um, which is really, really good. And yeah, and just like I'm, I'm really impressed with it right now. And and having episodes like Monsters and Mana, which was so ridiculous but so well done as well, which was great. And then like Black Paladin stands out to me as just an absolutely phenomenal episode, um, in like technically and emotionally and writing wise and everything else. So, um, I would definitely agree with you, Dylan. I think it's it's right up there with the top shows because it's just so consistently strong and feels like like it's got a good pace to it you know like it it feels like we're going somewhere with the story which is really exciting um especially as they're improving the characters even more so and kind of although there are times where we're still quite confused about like the the mechanics of this world um but it uh it's exciting what is happening and how things are starting to come together and it's not just our heroes against the big bad it's more diverse and and we're getting neat villains like i assume on or not honora <laughs> not honora anerva will be the uh the new villain i would assume so i i'm excited to see how that goes especially if shiro is somehow like connected to her or something so yeah no i'm really happy about the last um string of episodes with the last couple seasons or i guess one season or whatever but yeah no really happy with it Nice. Thumbs up. Yeah, a lot of exciting prospects for the upcoming seasons. Good good stuff. Justin, final closing thoughts here on season two. Or, um, you know, season six, season two. It was really, really good. I, yeah, I definitely agree this might end up winning our year-end best animated series. Like, this has been phenomenal. Like, I just saw season five this week, so I got to watch all of this for the first time within, like, a week. And it's been amazing. Like, it's been genuinely amazing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Justin's on board. 
He's on board. He got the Justin endorsement. That's key and in the race. Um, Alex, closing thoughts. Okay, so my season six stock watch. We sold high Lodor. I, I think he ended really well, like the down to the end, and I think he had a solid arc all the way through. We sold low on Clone Shiro. I think in the end his storyline doesn't pay off as much as you would you would have expected going in. So not a great return on that investment. Stock up. Koran, he was really good this this season. Like his role as the lore master was really great. Also, Crolia has her stock way up. I think that she has a chance to become a, a part of the cast for at least a part of next season. I really hope so. And her uh, interactions with Keith were great in Razor's Edge. And finally, stock down, Hunk, like he, he had a great first episode, but from there on, he didn't really get much to do. And Altean Heritage, like now it's not special anymore. Now that we know there's another Altea going on. So stock way down on Altea. That's my final <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, Altea, we've we uh, thought of Alteans in play next season. Um, Romel, uh, up or down, Alex? Uh, well, she's a new stock, so like she she just got opened on the exchange. I, I think I'd buy on her, but like be careful because really, there's a good chance that she's not going to go higher than the value she is at right now. <laughs> Considering she appeared in one episode, and for the rest of the time she's there, she's just a background character. Like they made a point to put the camera on her, but she didn't speak for the rest of the season. So I'm not sure what the point of that was. She she gets scared by the lions roaring in this episode. <laughs> that's that's the most she did. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that, that, she, that was her entire dialogue. Will she will she be going to Earth with them? Will Crolia be going to Earth with them? Crolia I think def- so. Crolia has Definitely. to have this sad scene at the cabin where mm-hmm. she's going through yeah, like at the, the, at the grave at the grave. Yeah, yeah. that's grave. Yeah. They have yeah. to have a moment there. Thank you for just calling him hot dad. Like I really Well, he doesn't have a name, so <laughs> he's hot dad now, yeah. Thank you for letting me make the official name. <laughs> oh, yeah, hot dad stock opened high. I don't think it's yeah. going to go higher than it is, but like it, it was a very strong investment if you open for that one episode. <laughs> rip rip that uh rip hot dad. Um, hey, I actually tweeted um the executives. So #hotdad is in motion. But see, the problem is everybody's going to use that for Shiro. Like, that's already been a hashtag for him. Yeah, I think so. I think Shiro, though, Shiro, that's already... You need to differentiate a little bit. Like, uh, um, Hot Southern Dad. Hot Southern Voltron Dad. That's a little too long of a hashtag, bud. No, he's already... Shiro's already a hot Voltron Dad. Okay. Yeah, but not Hot Southern Voltron Dad. Yeah. Hot yeah, uh, Justin no. Justin tre- tweeted at uh, Joaquim and said, "We need to see more of Keith's dad in the comics. Please give us more hashtag Hot Dad." Yep, he did that. <laughs> okay, so. he gave context to the. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that was better than it came across as his retelling of the tweet. Okay. Hot um, Dad. Yeah, Hot Dad. Okay. Um, yep, been great season. Good good coverage we've gotten. Uh, we got a lot of things right. Um, we had some good analysis here. And uh, very much looking forward to season seven. Will it be 13 episodes? Will it be six episodes? Will it be seven episodes? We'll see. One episode. Call it now. One episode. <laughs> will it yeah. be 26 episodes? A miracle. <laughs> that would be great if they released the whole thing. But yeah. When will it come out? Will it come out in August, September, October? We'll see. Tomorrow. So, tomorrow. Surprise drop. Yep. Happening. So, uh, yes. Thank uh, thank you all for listening to our coverage this season. Thanks to all our co-hosts who have been on this. Uh, it's been... Uh, another great season of Voltron that we've powered out podcasts for. Um, thanks to the shakeups for letting us use their music as our intro and outro. That's been very fun to have and differentiates these Voltron podcasts as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought of all of our coverage this season. Uh, overlyanimated.com. Click on the article. Um, talk there. Uh, 
on YouTube, leave comments. If you're still listening at this point, you're probably a good contender to join our Discord at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. And also become a patron at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Michael, a.k.a. Wazowski. And thanks as well to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're hour 15 in, like, uh, come on, to, to talk with us on Discord. That's, uh, get all the Voltron discussion in there. And, uh, yeah, but here's more of Crazy Words Mustache by The Shakeups. Check out their new album, Legendary Defenders, and theshakeups.net for more. Uh, my favorite song of the album. Used it for the last one. I love the mustache puns in the song. And, uh, yes, that, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys, to all of our Voltron coverage. And we will see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye.